Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. There's a very dangerous situation that's underway currently, at least... That's the way many of us assess it. The situation between Iran and the United States. Iran has been accused of uh, uh, attacking uh, oil tankers in the uh, Strait of Hormuz and uh, shooting down a a U.S. drone. Iran says that the drone was over their territory. And as we've been hearing over the last 18 to 20 hours, President Trump was it was he was it was suggested to him by the Pentagon that there be military response to Iran and uh, he was just minutes away this is the president informing Americans he was minutes away from giving the go ahead for the military response the Pentagon had put in place and then he said well i looked at what how many deaths there would be on the Iranian side 150 was the estimate and he thought that was disproportionate to what the Iranians had done in shooting down the uh, the American drone. Uh, Daniel Pipes has taught at uh, Harvard University, the U.S. Naval College, the University of Chicago. He's the president of the Middle East Forum, the publisher of uh, Middle East Quarterly, and he joins us on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Professor Pipes, thank you very much. Uh, thanks for taking the time. How do you assess this confrontational reality between Iran and the United States. How serious is it? It's very serious. I might add to the list you gave that there were three attacks by Iranians on American forces or American interests in Iraq in recent weeks. So you have the drone, the three attacks in Iraq, and the four tankers that have been sabotaged. Uh, The Iranians are clearly quite aggressive. Um, it might have something to do with the pressure they're feeling due to the economic sanctions and wanting to show the Iranian population that they're tough and that they aren't going to back down. They want to mobilize the population. Uh, that's one question mark. The other is, of course, uh, Donald Trump. Yes, he gave the reason of 150 deaths being disproportionate. But I would say that the real uh, conflict for him is between uh, the interests of the United States, which are to defend itself from an attack, and the interests of Donald Trump, which are not to go to war. That's what he promised. And so he's indecisive between the two. And we saw that uh, play out a couple of days ago in real time. So we can't have, or he can't afford, to be seen as Barack Obama, who drew the red line in Syria for uh, Assad, saying, if you use chemical weapons again, that'll be the red line. I'm coming for you. And then Assad used chemical weapons, and and, and Obama did nothing. Uh, Donald Trump can't be seen to be following the lead of President Obama. Does that give the Iranians the upper hand? Are they looking for a fight with the United States? I think it does give the Iranians the upper hand, not so much because he doesn't want to be seen like Obama, but he doesn't want to go contrary to his pretty strong promises 
not to get into war. And that was what he kept saying, that he's not going to follow other Republicans and he's not going to get the U.S. into war. Uh, yes, the Iranians have the advantage. Look at what they've done. And so far, no response from the United States. Um, what do you expect from the Iranian regime in in the short term? Uh, will they be emboldened by the fact they shot down the drone and there was no military response? I should think so. I would not be surprised if they engage in other aggressive activities, either directly against U.S. forces or interests or against uh, allies. They called in the uh, Emirati ambassador and gave him a piece of their mind. Uh, there could be sabotage or other other problems in the UAE or other countries. Yeah, the Iranians are uh, probably feeling, if I were in their shoes, I'd certainly be feeling quite quite confident myself. One thing that many of us don't quite understand, uh, and, and I don't, I'd like some context here. How, how powerful is the Iranian regime? How powerful is their military? What capacity do they have to provide some level of significant resistance to any U.S. Uh, res- military response? What they don't really have is a conventional army. Yes, there is one, but it's poorly equipped and it's quite neglected. The Iranians are not about to enter into a war with the United States or anyone else, uh, such as Iraq, with uh, a conventional army. What they do have is irregular forces, and those are well-armed, those are highly dedicated, uh, those are well-trained, and that's where the Iranians can do damage, uh, by sabotage, by infiltration, by jihadi terrorism, and the like. So the history of the past 30 years has essentially been one of Iranian troublemaking, but they are not ready to confront the United States or any other great power on a battlefield. They can't win at that. That would be folly. Look what happened to Saddam Hussein in 2003. And he had quite the army. He had an army that's probably more impressive than the Iranian one, yes. Um, uh, when you talk about Iranian irregular forces, are we talking about Iranian groups or proxies? Well, they're, in the first place, are Iranians, the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps, the siege in particular, and also the Quds Force, but also plenty of others who've been recruited, Afghans, Iraqis, Lebanese, and so forth, generally Shiite Muslims generally Muslims who are of the same sectarian branch of Islam as the Iranian government, but not always. There are exceptions. Um, and uh, by the way, uh, everyone, uh, you can go to danielpipes.org, danielpipes.org, Mr. Pipes or Professor Pipes is the president of the Middle East Forum. He's the publisher of the Middle East Quarterly Journal. How should the United States respond? How should Donald Trump have responded uh, to the shooting down of the drone? I think he should have responded by knocking out some of the Iranian nuclear infrastructure to make it clear that this is unacceptable and that, uh, more broadly, we do not accept Iranian nuclear infrastructure. And that still might happen. He certainly has many advisors who are of that mind, and the potential is still there. But uh, now there's a credibility problem. And uh, it's more dangerous because the Iranians are more prone, I think, to engage in further adventurism 
uh, not really believing that the U.S. government is going to do anything. So if the U.S. government does do something, it will be a bit of a surprise. They have been accused, the Iranians have been accused for quite a few years of being international terrorist sponsors, terrorism sponsors. Uh, do you think it's conceivable that they would feel sufficiently emboldened now by Mr. Trump's lack of action to take some uh, terrorist-style action or put some of their uh, their funded groups um, to work? Very much so. I was alluding to that before, Yes. Uh, against Israel, against uh, American interests, against Western interests in general. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, the Iranians have plenty of enemies against uh, the Saudi Emiratis. Uh, plenty of plenty of targets. They also have. They also uh, have. Yeah, in, I, they have internal problems, do they not? They have serious internal problems, and this is the irony of the Iran deal. The Iran deal sent a signal to the Iranian population that things are going to get better. You're going to get a lot of money. Mm -hmm. 150 billion U.S. dollars in Iranian terms is vast, a gigantic amount of money. And yet things did not get better because that money was spent on military and related adventurism. So the Iranian people became disillusioned, disappointed, frustrated. And there have been many uh, small revolts, demonstrations and the like throughout the country. So I think it's in this context that the Iranian government is acting in an aggressive way to say, well, never you mind about uh, the price of meat. Uh, we are representing you on the world stage and we are forwarding your interests internationally. And you better support us because we are doing something great and majestic. One more question for you, Professor Pipes. How does the immediate and perhaps the somewhat longer-term future for the Middle East play out? Are groups like ISIS going to launch major terror attacks in the West? What do you expect? ISIS remains a force. It's no longer in control of territory. But the idea of ISIS and the leadership of ISIS and the notion of a caliphate uh, the extreme uh, radicalism of, of ISIS are all still there. And yes, they remain an inspiration for violent jihadis in the West and also in other places. In the Philippines, there was a city, Morali, that was under ISIS-related control for half a year. Uh, yeah, it is a potent force. More broadly, Islamism is a force. The idea of applying Islamic law and creating a caliphate, going back essentially a thousand years, the medieval period when Muslims were stronger than they are now, that remains a, a powerful lure. Though I would say it's a bit less powerful than it was a decade ago. Still, it remains a powerful ideology. It is the third great modern ideology after fascism and communism. comes Islamism. Professor Pipes, thank you very much for the time. Really appreciate speaking with you. My pleasure. Bye-bye. Thanks for the invitation. Uh, DanielPipes.org. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.